Praise the Lord. God bless you, everyone. This is Apostle Ivory Hopkins. I am extremely excited to have you to listen to our podcast messages. We are trusting that the Holy Spirit will bless you. We're going to take you into a message in just a few minutes, amen, where I feel that God is going to give you insight, revelation, and wisdom through the teachings that the Lord has given us to present before you. If you want to get up with us on our website, our website is pilgrimsministry.org. That's pilgrimsministry.org. It is my pleasure and my honor to bring this anointed message to you where I am preaching and teaching under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, giving God's people insight that will strengthen their spiritual walk, build their family, and put under their feet the enemy on every level. Now sit back and enjoy this message. God bless you, my dear friend, and thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Thank you, Lord. Well, look, God bless you, everyone. This is Apostle Ivory Hopkins, and this is the General of Deliverance podcast. And this morning, I'm coming at you with a message called Deliverance Answers to Holding Freedom, What to Expect After a Deliverance Session. And I'm going to take my time this morning, deep dive into this message, and see what the Holy Spirit can allow us to serve up. Amen. This morning. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for everyone listening on YouTube, on Ivory Hopkins YouTube. I want to thank you, Father God, for those that are listening on us at the General of Deliverance podcast. Father, I want to honor and praise you, Lord God, for the Facebook crew. I thank you, God, for all of them that are listening and us doing this teaching on deliverance answers to holding freedom, what to expect after a deliverance session. My dear friends, we want you to join us and I want you to sit right back Amen. And enjoy us as we do this teaching. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, this morning's message is actually inspired by an actual situation that I, I encountered uh, in last week's deliverance session. Amen. An individual, doesn't matter whether it's male or female, all we know is it's just one of the good people of God. An individual I had carried through deliverance, uh, we carried him through deliverance, took authority over the demonic stronghold. And it wasn't but a few days later they called back. And they said, well, uh, I don't feel like I'm free. Now, that question may be golden, which would normally make me say, well, look, if the person doesn't feel like they're free, I need to come at this thing to make sure that I didn't miss something, there's any residue. And I will tell you this, deliverance is a process, but I try to do everyone balanced and fairly when I do deliverance or counseling. And by the way, most of you who know me, I do deliverance and counseling. Amen. I do counseling over other matters. Amen. That's what I do as a part of the business work that I do as well. Amen. So, but in this case, I, I had talked with the person. They told me the strongholds they were wrestling with that was a strong temptation in their life. That was a strong temptation that had turned into a foothold that opened the door to demonic bondage. Everybody follow me. So when the person called back, they were saying to me generally, that they really didn't feel that they got freedom because in a, they were doing good for several days. Now, the manifestation of this thing that they felt was driving them and pulling on them. And then they said, after a while, after a few days, the temptation hit them again. They said they felt the pull or the temptation to go into this act. And this was one of those situations where it was a sexual thing that they were doing. Amen. I'll leave it like that. Amen. But I want you to follow the point. 
And I said, and then what happened? They said, well, the thought came. And uh, as the thought was coming, after a while in time, just because as the thought was coming at me to do it again, I went on and did it again. And he says, so that means my, I didn't get any deliverance. I said, whoa, wait a minute. I said, you did not have the same drive and the same pull, but you had the same temptation, the same draw. Let me say something to you all, guys. Most of us that are, that are listening at me now, this is Christianity 101. But here goes what I'm learning. There is a new generation that have not been taught the things that some of us who are what we call old school have learned. The crucifying of the flesh, the, how to resist the enemy, how to shut the doors. They have not been taught that with clarity. So in this teaching, I'm not as much, I'm never going to teach and criticize people because that's not my style. I'm not going to change from coming with strong word and respect for people. Everybody got that? I'm never going to get away from that. That's what makes me ivory. What makes me ivory is I have a strong respect for people. I care and I love people. And when a person does not know or does not understand a thing, I believe that it is godly and right for me to be respectful, kind, and clear with the understanding. So I'm going to go into this teaching. Amen. And the title of the message today is Deliverance Answer to Holding Your Freedom. Amen. And what to expect after a deliverance session. What to expect after a deliverance session. By the way, I say to all of you out there, amen, that this messages and these words, if they have been blessing you, we ask you to, amen, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube. That's right. We want you to subscribe and like our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our podcast. Amen. If this message is blessing you, and we do appreciate any of you who sow a seed to, you see it on the stream, General Ivory Hopkins. That's any seed, any donation you desire to give. Now, there is not a prerequisite of me teaching, because I'm going teach to teach this stuff anyway. I'm going to do that anyhow. But if my teachings have been a blessing to you, you can bless Evelyn and I by going to Cash App, General Ivory Hopkins. You see it right there on the screen. Now, let me move along and get into this teaching. And I also want to thank many of y'all who have cashed up us any size donation that you felt led to cash up us. I want to take the time to thank you for it because there are some of you out there. You guys have been cash apping us. You've been telling us, leaving us little notes and what have you. And listen, if you ever cash app and there's a subject you want me to deep dive into, Put that in the notes in your cash app. Amen. It is very well possible I will be able to get to that message. And no, I'm not selling the message. It's a shame in life you got to answer and talk like this because there's always somebody that thinks you have material motive. Look, let me tell you all something. Whether anyone gives anything or not, I'm going to be good. What I'm trying to do is go to heaven in peace. What I'm trying to do is finish my course and not lose my soul over folk, over money, over fame. So that's where we're at. Now, let me get to the message now. Enough of that. Deliverance answers to holding freedom. What to expect after a deliverance session. Now, you have gone through a deliverance session, and you've had prayer, and God broke a stronghold, maybe in a service, maybe in a counseling session with another a teacher, a minister, or a counselor. Whichever way God delivered you, amen, you've got some deliverance. Demons were cast out. They were broken. But here goes the fact. Demons will try to come back once cast out. 
Are y'all hearing me? And most of the time, the door that they use to get back is a lack of knowledge on how to operate and what to do when you have received freedom. So that is the fact. Demons will try to come back. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 through 45. I'm going to take my time and read it. And by the way, as I said in this teaching earlier, I'm going to take my time and teach. I'm going to come with solid word, not just only my opinion, to bless you so that you can get an understanding. Deliverance answers to holding freedom, what to expect after deliverance, a deliverance session. Now, demons will try to come back. Matthew 12, 43 through 45 says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, this is Jesus speaking, he, the unclean spirit, walks through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Now, most people believe that this dry place that Jesus is talking about could be Tartarus. Got that? And I think in one, I think in the book of Isaiah, it talks about said for wanton famine, they were driven from among men. So many think that there are spirits when they get cast out, many of them are cast into a dry place. Do y'all remember how when Jesus was delivering one person that the spirit said, please let us go into the swine? Now, the reason why they wanted to go into the swine, because these spirits wanted a warm body that had emotions in order to act out its ways. And notice the swine ran and leaped into the waters. Now, some that teach on marine spirits actually said those spirits went back to the marine kingdom. I get what they're saying and what have you, but here goes what I will say. Those spirits asked Jesus to cast them into the swine, and they jumped into the water. And that's quite clear. When an unclean spirit is gone out, they hate it. When this unclean spirit is gone out, they, they seek rest, and they find none. And notice what it says. They are seeking rest, but they don't find any. Then they will say, then he saith, then one said, the spirit that is cast out says, I will return into my house, talking about the person's body, talking about the place where they had activity and access and was operating pretty good until the word of the Lord and the anointing of God cast them out. Then he said, the demon says, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, so he's going to try to come back. So if you had a deliverance session, if you had, if God delivered you in a service and he, and he wonderfully delivered you, that is not a sign that the enemy will not try to come back and attach to that part of your life, of your soulless realm that gave him access. And by the way, let me say this up front. Some of the doorways of access in our life is, number one, the corner realm, generational curses, are we hearing you? And rebellion, operating in witchcraft or in perversion. Now, I'm going to move on past that. Then he said, if I were returning to my house from whence I'm cast out, and when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then he taketh with him self seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Now, why does he come back with seven spirits weaker than himself? He comes back with seven more spirits weaker than, wickeder than himself in order to strengthen his hold so that the individual, the person that cast him out, will now, the person that they're dwelling in, will have a harder fight getting free. That's the reason why I tell people, listen, 
If you want to be free, you're going to have to serve the Lord. People think you can just walk up, call somebody, go in a, a service, or go to somebody, get delivered from a demon, and then continue operating in the very thing that the demon in, got in you over. You cannot do that, friend. You're going to have to come out. You're going to have to crucify. You're going to have to put to death. What I said to that uh, person that I was ministering to was, so when you felt that temptation, you thought that when you got delivered, you would not have that temptation, that thought, that idea again. And somehow in this person's mind, they thought that deliverance would break this yoke and the thought, the desire would never touch them again. And they were badly mistaken. So when they felt that desire, felt that pull, they went right on and did the act. Now, let me tell you what I told this person. The more you repeat the act, even if you get delivered, I will give you a great example, a powerful example. God delivered me from being a drug addict. Got that? Everybody knows that Brother Hopkins have been delivered from being a drug addict, had drug addiction, cross-addicted to drugs and alcohol. Do you know, to this day, I will not touch a drink. I will not fool with drugs. Are you hearing me? And the reason why I will not fool with them, because it is a gateway for my life. You can say whatever you want. Well, Brother Hopkins, you should be anointed enough to go ahead and get what? Hi, are you kidding me? Listen, I see the, mm, oh, I could say a lot about what some churches are doing, thinking that they can support uh, drugs, marijuana, have a station at their place for people to get it and not understand. They may help somebody that has a medical problem, but they're also opening and being uh, uh, helping somebody that has a demonic stronghold that is feeding on that drug, keeping them under addiction. But I'm going to move on past that because... I'm just going to move on past it. I'll, I'll, I'll put it like that. It's a lot I could say about that. But my subject today is what to expect after a deliverance session. Then this spirit take upon himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself and then enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. In other words, it got worse. Now, somebody might say, well, if it's going to get worse, what's the need of me trying to get delivered? It gets worse when you're determined not to live the word of God. Come on, somebody. What do you think? The Lord sets us free. God sets us free to serve him. When Worley used to say it like this, God delivered you from your enemies, not your friends. Those drugs, that drug that I was, the cocaine, the drinking, the uh, masculine, and all of those drugs that I used to be bound by, they are my enemy. Today, they are my enemy. And nobody in the planet, nobody in the world will convince Ivory Hopkins that I can go out and start drinking or doing any type of drug, recreational drug, get high, Ivory, and say that I'm going to be all right. If I do... I will be bound up. Now, let me move on further. Now, look at this verse 12, 44, Matthews 12 and 44. This is what it said. This thing says, then say he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. Now, this word empty is a word that translates having no occupy in him, in himself, having found nothing to do of a place or not having an occupant. 
In other words, when those spirits came back and found that house empty, they found it not filled with the spirit of God, not feeding itself on the word of God, not feeding itself on commitment, not feeding itself on worship, not feeding itself on resistance. And the enemy said, this house is empty. They, they cast me out, but put no word in, put no Christ in, put no dedication in, put no resistance in. Everybody got that? Somebody say empty. The next word is the Greek word called swept. And it means to be clean, metaphorically to be exhausted. In other words, when they came back, the person still hadn't cleaned up their act. Are you hearing me? Sometimes a person can get delivered and not clean up the stuff that they have in their life, in their thought life, or even in their presence that gives Jesus access. Now, I will say this. This individual shared with me that they were looking at had apps on their phone that was related to the sexual perversion they were bound by. They, they, they related to me. I said to them, you know what? If you don't get rid of the apps, first you got to get, got to deal with the thought. First, you got to deal with the battlefield of the mind. That's where you got started. The battlefield of the mind, which causes you to make a choice with the strength of the Holy Spirit to start getting stuff out of your house. Are you hearing me? In my home right now, I would have nothing that is of drugs or of alcohol. I want nothing in my house like it. Won't tolerate it, won't put up with it. Why? Because I don't want to have something in my house that draws spirits to pull on that part of my nature, that part of my soul, that part of my emotions that use drugs and alcohol for pain, hurt, and wounds. Now, swept to be exhausted. Swept means to be clean. So you have to clean out and get rid of everything. If, if you're getting turned on by pornography magazines, they got to go. If you're getting turned on, amen, by apps on your phone that, that, oh, that, that puts you in contact with people with perversion or strongholds in your life, it has to go. Whatever the substance or the source is, you got to get rid of it. Next thing, when that spirit came, it did not find them empty. They were empty. They were swept and they were garnished. Having been clean or exhausted himself, it works like, like, uh, like being wiped out. Got this? The next thing it says is the word garnish. This Greek word garnish means to be arranged, ordered, and prepared. In short, you went through deliverance, but you didn't arrange your life after that. You went through deliverance, got the demons cast out, but you didn't set your life in order. Do you think you can get delivered from a stronghold that you gave access to or a stronghold that you identified in your family line and you not change the order of things in your life? That you don't prepare yourself to stay free? You don't arrange things in your environment? Listen to what the Lord said, said one time to someone that did to us, to us that gave our life to him. When it came to the world, it said, come ye out from among them and be ye separate, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people. Now, most people read that acts like, well, God is throwing off on the world. He don't love the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But because he loves the world, loves humanity, he tells you, I love you, humanity, but if you want to serve me, you're going to have to come out of the social order. You're going to come out of the mindset. There are things today in our society 
I look, I love people, man. No matter what your lifestyle is, no matter what your religion is, what your race is, I love people. But guess what? There are some people that I come out from among you. I be separated from you so that I can be connected to my God because there's some things in our society and our nations that are not connected to God. But I'm going to move on. So we need this word here, garnish. When these demons come back, they had not prepared or arranged their life. When these demons came back, they were swept. They were clean, but they were exhausted. They never filled it with anything. When these demons came back, they were empty. They did not occupy themselves with the kingdom of God, the word of God. Are you hearing me? And yes, temptation will come back. Now, when I talked to that individual, I said to them, it, hey, I said to him, hey, it was not the demon that you were dealing with then. It was your own lust. What? Yeah. The demon came in and attached itself to the strongholds, the desires, and the lust of our own life. Everybody listening at me in the sound of my voice. I don't care how strong you think you are. Every single one of us has a lust or a desire that is against the word of God that pulls us into sin. Everybody, everybody, I don't care how deep you think you are. I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and that with a mighty burning fire. Well, whoopee, but you still got stuff in you after salvation, before salvation, that is your sin of choice, lust of choice, bondage of choice. Are you hearing me? Look what it says in James 1 and 13, King James Version, and also the Berean Version. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Now, here goes the thought of this, of this person. Well, the demon made me do it. Listen, what was tempting him was not the demon. What was tempting him was his own lust. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil Neither tempteth he anybody, any man. So God does not tempt any man. Look what it says in the Berean, James 1 and 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Now, James is about to show you, number one, he says that pull in you, it wasn't God, because God don't tempt anyone. Now, James is going to go on in verse 14 and say, who, what really pulled on him? But every man, James 1 14, King James Version first, Berean next. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. I maintain to tell you that it doesn't say every man is tempted. It's the devil. Yep, the devil made me do it. Nope. Uh-uh. The devil only fed into what was already in you. I'm going to say it again. The devil only fed into what was already in you. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Now, look what it says in the Berean. The Berean Bible's uh, study Bible says, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desires. He is lured away and enticed. I'm going to say something to everybody out here. We all have some evil desires. I said to the young man, I said, look, I said, God delivered me from drugs and he delivered me from perversion. I said, I'll tell you what, my friend. Look, 
I don't have a strong pull of drugs. I don't have a strong pull of perversion, but thoughts will still come across my mind. Now, I say this to all of you out there. Whatever you might think about Brother Ivory, I ain't nothing but a normal human being, and I am tempted just like you are, but I have to do something with that temptation. I have to do something with the desires that I have that doesn't match God. Now, I'm going to say something right now, and I'm going to be very careful when I say it because I know what kind of society we live in. Every mood and feeling that you have in your body, every mood and feeling that you have about lust or doing whatever, amen, that does not mean, that does not mean that that lust should be fulfilled. I had a person talking to me, and I'm going to get back to the teaching. I had a person talking to me in one of my sessions, and they said, the young man that wants to date me and stuff, and I want to be married, and I want to, I want to have a godly marriage. I said, okay. And she said, the young man told me, though, but he wants a marriage that has multiple partners in it. He wants a marriage where you can have sex with uh, male, female, or whatever. And I said to her, I said, and you said that you want a marriage that is biblically based upon the foundations of the gospel. I said, yes. I said, well, he's telling you already where, where he's coming from. I said, now, look. Now, I know right well, this is a touchy subject now. I never thought a day would come that the preachers would have to act like they're apologizing for calling fornication, fornication. For calling perversion, perversion. Sin, sin, and lust, lust. But here we are. I told her point blank. I said, young lady, that young man is telling you clearly that you will not be the one. That young man is telling you clearly that he's going to break the scriptures in Hebrews 13, 12. Marriage is honorable and all in the air, and the bed is undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God shall judge. He's going to break the scripture, thou shall not commit adultery. He's going to break the scriptures that talks about lusting and perversion. He's going to break it because he feels like it. Some of y'all listening at me right now. Think what, I'm, mm, think what I'm getting ready to say. If you did everything you felt, it would be a mess, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm, I know. I can see you shaking your head now. Yes, if you did every twisted, perverted, crazy, mean, evil thing that comes across your mind, it would be a mess. But you're trying to serve God. And if you're trying to serve God, you've got not only to resist the devil, but you have to also resist your own mess. Let me go to James 4 and 7. James chapter 4 verse 7 says this, and I told this person, bottom line is my brother. You say, well, the demons are trying to talk to me. James 4 and 7 says this, submit yourselves therefore to God. Number one, you've been through deliverance. Now submit yourself therefore to God. But brother Ivory, I, I had it in a dream. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Brother Ivory, the thought came across my mind. Brother Ivory, I felt like lusting again. I felt like doing this again. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This word resist here means to stand against. It means to oppose. Come on now, somebody. It means to confess. Amen. It means to withstand. Are you hearing me? Resist the devil, and he will flee. So if you're saying, well, the demons are trying to get me to do it, then resist them. Well, Brother Ivory, how often should I resist it? 
How often are you being approached that way? Next thing, bottom line, next thing, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinner, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. This word draw is the word ignizo, which means to make near, to approach. Come on, somebody. Draw nigh to God. Now, the next one I'm going to use, use here in this, in this battle of this warfare, you've gone through deliverance, resist the devil, and also resist your own inclinations for a sin, a, a thing. Are you hearing me? Now, we live in a society that here goes what the society is really trying to teach. There is really no real sin. Live any way you want to. If you feel it, do it. If you think that's who you are, that's who you are. I'm sorry. It doesn't match scripture, and I'm not going to teach such stuff as that. It doesn't match the word. Ephesians 4 and 20 says, neither give place to the devil. Got that? This person was giving place to the enemy by when this thought, feeling came on him, he followed through. He said, well, I said, when you were resisting it at first, what happened? He said, well, I was able to, I able to push back, but, it came, but the thought came back again, and, and the feeling came back again. I said, then you should have resisted again. This word give place to the devil is topaz, means don't give him a location, a position, a home, an opportunity, or a license. Don't give him room. Did anybody get that? This is just really Christianity 101. So you've gone through deliverance, and the enemy will try to come back. When he is gone out of a man, he, seeks, he walks through dry places seeking rest, and he tries to come back. And what you have to do is Ephesians 4 and 27. Don't give place to him. Don't give him a location. Don't give him a position. Listen, I'm going to tell you all something. I never thought I would live in a time where even preachers need to be told, there are some places, preacher, that you got no business at because it will get you bound up. But nowadays, we got a lot of preachers and a lot of believers tries to live as close to the world as they can. Somehow, you, I don't know what we think, amen, instead of winning the world through the gospel to come out from among the world, many believers today are joining closely to the world and wondering why they're not getting bound and bound up just like the world. I'm going to move right along, right along. You will still have to deal with your own sin nature. Even though you go through deliverance, you're going to still have to de deal with your own flesh. Look what it says in Luke 9 and 23. King James Version, New Living Bible Translation. And he said, Jesus said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So guess what? You went through deliverance over a stronghold, you still got to deny yourself. I'm going to say this. This morning, if I decided to, I could go right out and buy drugs. Now, I have no pull or port on it whatsoever. Suppose I said in my mind, you know, I just wonder what it would be like just to have a buzz because I ain't been high in years now. I need to go maybe go pick up something and see how it goes. I can do that, I, and nothing will stop me. Whether the Holy Ghost going to stop you, stop it. Let's quit saying stuff that ain't true. The Holy Spirit 
will try to convict me, Ivory. Don't do it. The Holy Ghost will try to convict me, Ivory. You are you are trying to live right, Ivory. You have a responsibility to God first. God first. God first. Family next. Are y'all hearing me? But if I push back by that and go after my own desire and temptation, I could get high this morning. Are you hearing me? But what would likely happen is, because I know the enemy would love to have me back in his camp. If I went out and got high, that spirit of addiction would come back in and bring stronger spirits with it. Because it says, we got to lock this boy up. Because he, when he's loose, he comes at us. Let's lock him up, get him high, possibly kill him with an overdose, or embarrass him openly out there while doing it. My people of God, if you've gone through deliverance and God has broke a stronghold in your life, and Luke 9 and 23 says, he said unto them all, all of us, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. How often? Daily. How many times? Daily and follow me. And the living Bible translation says, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way and take up your cross daily and follow me. If you want to be Christ's follower, you're going to have to give up your own way. But, but, but Brother Ivory, I, I, I have desires that I like to do. I have thoughts that come to my mind. I have feelings that I would love to fulfill. Well, if you're going to follow Christ, you're going to have to take up your cross daily. huh? You're going to have to deny yourself and follow him. Let's look at Galatians 5 and 19 and look at this thing that rustles in all of us called the works of the flesh. Now, the work, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Are you with me, students? Now, the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these. Now, look what it says. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Now, today, if you will say something about these right here, oh, my God, the council culture would want to counsel you. They will want to counsel you right out. I'm not listening to his YouTube no more because he talked against adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Come on. This bottom line is this. These are the works of the flesh. This is what demons feed off of. And guess what? We don't have these because we got a demon. We often get demons because this passion is in our flesh. When Adam and Eve fell, that's another tape, another series. But when they fell, it opened the door to the human fallen nature, the flesh. I'm going to move on past this. The word flesh is sarks. And listen, the flesh is the lowest term, meaning meat, skin, which is not the soul or spirit. So clearly that could not be what Paul meant when he said the works of the flesh. What Paul was meaning below right here explains what Paul was meaning when he said the word flesh. He meant the human nature, the carnal mind, the frailties of both physical or moral passions founded in mankind. Once again, this word flesh is talking about the human nature. And our human nature is desires that goes diametrically opposed to God. We want, to, we want to operate in selfishness, jealousy, envy, lust, perversion. Come on, somebody. Idolatry, worshiping idols. Are oh, you hearing me? That is our human nature. That is the fallen nature. 
So if you go through deliverance and God casts a demon out that goes by the name of any of these strongholds, you still got to fill yourself with the word, fill yourself with the spirit of God and self-deny. Close the door. Matter of fact, the reason why we get these demons, because we didn't deny ourselves. And I know we live in a society, y'all. If you feel good, do it. Look what Paul said in Romans 6 and 16. Know you not to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey. His servants are to whom you obey. Are y'all understanding this? Those demons realize, and I said this to the young person, you become servant and enslaved to what you obey. Are you hearing me? I'm going to say it again. You become servant and enslaved to who you obey. Are y'all hearing me? It, uh, it says, uh, rather sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. And the warfare is right there. Rather, you're going to operate under sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. That's where the war is at. In the flesh, the warfare. Now, look what Paul even went to say in Romans 7 and 4 and 5. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, but what I want to do, I do not. But I hate what I hate, I do. Now, Paul is saying, talking about this nature of the sinners, this is that warfare. For if I do what I do not, what do what want to do, I admit that the law is good. In that case, it is no longer I who do it, but sin liveth in me that does it. I'm going to tell you all, every single one of us, there is sin living in us. And the sin that lives in us is the sin that's in our desires. The, the desires to do something that is diametrically opposed to God. The desire to do the things that are not the word of God. And God says, if you will follow after me, you must deny yourself. You're either a slave and a servant to God or a slave and a servant to your own passions and lusts, which makes you a slave and a servant to demonic stronghold. That's what this battle is all about. Paul says 7 and 18, Romans 7 and 18, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh, my human nature, but I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do. Instead, I keep on doing the evil I do not want to do. Now, that's the warfare that's in that flesh. That's the warfare that's in that mind. But listen to what Paul says. For if I do what I want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. People, even though you are saved, born again, blood washed, sin is still living in us. And so through the work of the empowering Holy Spirit, we have to resist the sin. We have to push against it. We have to deny it. It's just the way it is. You know, I said on a, on a secular station one time, they were going on and on about how the, everybody is supposed to come in agreement with everything somebody does and lives. And I said, people, I, I said to the announcer on the radio, I said, listen, there are things that I want to do that do not match the word of God, guess what? And I have to deal with whether I'm going to serve God or not serve God. That's just the bottom line. Listen, some of you listening at me on this, on this podcast, on this YouTube, on this Facebook Live, you may live a certain way 
in your attitude and your life that is sin. Don't ask me to join you. Don't ask me to deny crucifying and putting to death the same things in my life when I find in the word. It's because of who I'm trying to serve. I said to that person this, it comes down to who you're going to serve. Because Jesus said it well, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Paul in Romans chapter 7 was talking about the warfare that is evident, and it wasn't a demon. It was our humanity. So this Romans 7, 21 and 22. So this is the principle I have discovered. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Where is it there with me? In my carnal mind, in my carnal nature. And demons are going, yep, man has this fallen desires, passions, and lusts to disobey God. And we are waiting for man to say, heck with it, let's let it rip. And when you do, you find yourself bound. I, I, I'm going to say this to anybody listen, listen to listen at me right now. Have you ever done the passions, the lusts, the desires of your flesh? Have you ever done that in your life? Got a question for you. How'd it go for you? I'm going to say it one more time. Hey, Sister Simone. Hey, y'all out there. Listen at this. Listen at what I'm going to say this one more time. Listen to the soldier say this. When I have done the desires of my flesh, of my carnal nature, it opened me up to misery, bondage, and a lot of problems. So I say to you, all of us out there, if you have done anything that come across your mind, every lust, every desire, I got a question for you. How's it going for you? How's it going for you? Look what Paul said in 722. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. What is he talking about his inner being? He's talking about in his spirit man, where the Holy Spirit dwells. The Holy Spirit inside of me is a, it's a drive and a pull and a passion in me for to delight in the law of God. But I see another law. That's the law of sin and death. I see another law at work in my body, not a demon. I see another law in my body. That's the flesh. That's my corner nature. That's that part of me that wants to cut up, that wants to act out, that wants to lust. But I see another law at work in my body, warring against the law of my spiritual mind holding me captive to the law of sin that dwells within. Oh, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? 725. Thanks be to God. Oh boy, I've got, I, look, I'm going to have to just, this one here, I'm going to just have to pump this one up. There we go. Let me highlight this verse here. The Apostle Paul says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with my mind, I serve the law of God. With my renewed spiritual mind, I serve the law of God. But with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. And that's the battlefield that you go through. Even though you have gone through deliverance, what is not cast out, no matter what the name of some demon is, is this law of our passions and our desires that fight the word of God and even fight ourselves. Got that? Seeing so many fall from the Lord is by the same principle. Listen, the enemy will do things to try your faith. The enemy will use discouragement to try to pull you in. The enemy will try to get us to grieve the Holy Spirit. The enemy will also have us deal with what we call lifestyle battles. 
lifestyle battles. The enemy will also try to come at you with such loneliness until you go out. How many of y'all ever made a bad decision because you were lonely? Weekly, I talk to people, some that have dated people, married people, some that have submitted their lives to people through loneliness, and it didn't go well for them. Another thing, it will also cause you to become isolated. Isolation, so that the enemy gets you to yourself so he can do a job on your head. Do a job on your mind. This is the way the enemy operates. Also, the world looks so satisfying. Amen. How many of y'all know that? That the world can look so, you can, the world looks so satisfied. My God, here you are, you, you have to deny certain things. God, that, when that couple said to me, when that couple came to me, when that person came to me and said, but my boyfriend, uh, uh, we, I, we, I want to marry him, and I want a godly marriage, but he wants to have an open relationship. He called it polyamorous or whatever the heck. And I just said, yo, you can give it all the big names y'all are doing today. It's sin. You can give it all the big titles you want to give it. It's still just sin. What he's telling you that he wants to whoremongle. What he's telling you he wants to sin. He wants to commit adultery. He wants you to join him with it. Are you hearing me? And guess what, people? Just because you get somebody to agree with you in a sin, it still doesn't mean it changes God's mind about it. And I'm going to move on past that. So also, uh, the enemy will try to, uh, we need to understand, we got to hate the flesh. We got to hate that carnal nature and push against it. Are you hearing me? There is pain dying to self in commitment to Christ. There is pain. Oh, that's right. I will tell you there is pain in a price dying to self to serve Christ. I'm going to say it point blank. There is a price. Some people want Christianity without commitment, and there's no such thing. Serving God without a commitment. Matter of fact, some people will create their, create their own God, their own religion, so they don't have to deal with a God that requires surrender. The Apostle Paul said it more than one time. I, Paul, a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. My dear friends, and you have gone through deliverance, and you've got a measure of freedom, guess what, my dear friend? Those spirits are going to try to come back. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, they will try to come back. And if you go through deliverance over any stronghold, especially stuff dealing with your life, your nature, your attitude, your ways. When you go through deliverance over those areas, a demon being cast out called anger, rage, lust, perversion, amen, that is a spirit that is that is pumping up and working on that area of your life that needs to be put to death. If, that, if you get a demon cast out, it doesn't stop the fault. If you get a demon cast out, it does not stop the temptation. Anybody who tells you, I can carry you through deliverance, and all of a sudden when I'm finished, you'll no longer be tempted. That is a liar. That person is a liar. No one can carry you through deliverance, and you will not feel the temptation. That, 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 that thing of your own self. What did James say? Let me roll up here to what James said. Let no man say when he is tempted, he is tempted of God, for he, God cannot be tempted with evil. But every man that is tempted is, is when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So bottom line is this. That person that I was talking to, I took time and explained this to them and explained to them, hey, it's as long as you 
keep, if you right now even get a demon cast out and you keep uh, 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 living in the lust and those desires and you keep acting them out, that spirit is going to come back and it's going to try to come back stronger. I'm saying it to all of you out here. Deliverance is not pain relief. Deliverance is not excedrin. You get delivered to serve the Lord. Now, sometimes people will holler, Brother Ivory, I've got a cousin who needs to be delivered. I said, well, do they want Christ? Well, I don't know about that, but they just do want to get delivered. Well, honey, it does not work like that. Are you hearing me? The, the Lord sets us free to serve him. Just, it's just the bottom line, people of God. God sets us free to serve him. The Lord said, thou shalt have no other gods, no other idols before me. I know we're living in this modern salvation, this modern salvation. But I want to tell you, the word of God has never changed. If any man will come after me, said Christ, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So in that question, what to expect after a deliverance session? Expect to resist. Expect to deny Expect to push against. Yes, there's going to be warfare to hold your freedom. When God set me free from drug addiction, the temptation for drugs started getting weaker and weaker and weaker. I got rid of every paraphernalia. I got rid of going anywhere in the area where I would get drugs. I got rid of answering the phone calls that had anything related to the lifestyle. I had to get rid of it or else I would be pulled back in. How many of y'all have ever experienced were in, and some of you that have been delivered from drugs know what I'm talking about. You get set free from an addiction, a stronghold, and all of a sudden, somebody comes along and offers you the exact drug you're trying to get away from. They give you a freebie. Are y'all hearing me? They walk up and give you a freebie. Why do they do that? Because the demons want you back engaged. And if you take that free hit, it's going to bind you. Are you hearing me? So when you go through deliverance, the demons are cast out. But that area in your life that is you, that is your soulless realm, that still has to be battled for you with that. Battling it with the word, battling it with self-denial. I want to, but I'm not going to do it. I could, Man, you know what? There are some things I could share with some of y'all in spiritual warfare that would blow your mind. Hey, wow. hey I'm going to share one before I go. I had an individual one time tell me that they had been strong in lust and perversion, and they had spirits that would attack them. So as they had gone through deliverance. God had broken strong demonic strongholds of lust and perversion. All of a sudden, one night, they were laying in the bed. Now, they weren't looking at pornography. They weren't, they weren't uh, sleeping around with anybody. They weren't fornicating. They weren't committing adultery. They weren't looking at porn or nothing. This night, this spirit came. And then they, while they were asleep, they felt their body starting to feel the reaction. And y'all know what I mean? I'm a gentleman, and I shouldn't have to explain to grown folk. So they said that they felt something on their body trying to stir them. They woke up, 
and, and said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this. I will not submit to it. I'm not going to perform any act on myself. I'm being nice. I rebuke you, and I take authority over you. All of a sudden, that they heard in the spirit, this demon said, come on, come on, finish it. Come on, why won't you finish it? And they said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And after a while, as they kept resisting and commanding it to go, the atmosphere broke. The weight and the heaviness and the pull of that lustful energy started satiating and backing off of them. And the person said, Lord, what was that? And the Spirit of God said to them, that was the spirit of lust. And what it needed in order to gain uh, strength over your body was the sexual energy of you performing that sex act on yourself. That God told the person, if you had followed through with that sex act, the demon would have locked in on the energy, on the demonic energy, on the power of that perversion, and it would locked in and pulled you right back in stronger into perversion, masturbation, lust, uh, uh, running out and all that. Are you hearing me? That was a testimony. I shared it with you guys and what I mean, because this stuff that I'm trying to share with you all, I'm not trying to just merely get likes. I'm not trying to just merely get people subscribe to me. I'm not using uh, a drama to try to teach. I'm using word. Do y'all get this? I'm using straight up word. Now I'm getting ready to go. I appreciate you all. It's been a blessing ministering to you. Matter of fact, I see the time. I've got to get ready to go do some marriage counseling right now. No, I don't just counsel about demons, demons, demons. No, I've got two sessions today that are marriage counseling, and I've got to get ready to go because my clients will soon be coming on in about a good 15 minutes. Well, guys, you've been listening to the General of Deliverance Apostle Dr. Ivory Hopkins, you've been listening to the General of Deliverance podcast. I want to thank every one of you for listening to us. And I ask if we have blessed you, amen, and you have enjoyed us, if you feel led or what have you, cash app us a donation at General Ivory Hopkins, dollar sign, General Ivory Hopkins. Cash app us a donation of any size. We appreciate it. If you don't have it, just enjoy the messages. Bottom line is, I want you always to remember that God, he is watching. Love you guys. God bless you. And I am out. Love you, man. Bye-bye. Catch you in another teaching. Well, praise God. I trust that you enjoyed that message. Well, look, my dear friend, this is Apostle Hopkins. Amen. And I'm getting ready to get on up out of here. Look, if you want to sow a donation and bless us, you can do it on our website at pilgrimsministry.org. That's pilgrimsministry.org. Or you can go to our cash app and make a cash app donation to General Ivory Hopkins. It's just simply General Ivory Hopkins. It has been my pleasure, amen, to bring to you the things pertaining to kingdom, life, and family. So I trust these podcasts blesses you, and I'm going to catch you guys in another teaching. God bless. Bye-bye.